Let's go to space, Blue Sky Learning, episode 70, Aerospace from the Swamp. Today, Kevin and I meet with Megan Winneck, who's entering her fourth year as an aerospace engineering student with an electrical engineering minor at the University of Florida in Gainesville, Florida. Megan has interned as a structural engineer for Lockheed Martin Aeronautics on the F-35 program and, most recently, Northrop Grumman Space Systems as a systems engineering intern. During her time at UF, Megan has been involved in and led teams for multiple industry-sponsored design competitions, including the NASA Student Launch Initiative, the NASA Tournament Lab Exploring Hell competition, and the Fairchild Growing Beyond Earth Maker Contest, in which her team placed in the top five. Megan is passionate about exploration and its importance to the world as she strives for a career that will make the Earth a better and safer place for future generations. We hope that you will stay tuned after this episode for our takeaways. Megan Winnick, thank you so much for joining us today. We are really excited to hear uh, your perspective, particularly as a as a, a female who's going into you know aerospace engineering. So why don't you start off by talking a little bit about what got you excited about that career field in the first place? Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me today. Um, so I, uh, my sort of background for engineering, so I have some engineers in my family. My, my grandfather was an aerospace engineer, so I uh, grew up hearing a lot about it, but um, when I was younger, it wasn't uh, necessarily at the forefront of things that I wanted to do. I was very uh, into the arts as, as a kid, but when I started to get older, I really got interested in STEM just in general as a field. I really liked science, I really liked math, and I was trying to figure out what I could do with that that sort of fit my interests. So I started looking into different STEM fields all across the board. I looked into the medical field, I looked into just math and because that's what I like to do. And um, I started to contemplate engineering and aerospace engineering because I knew that that was a really exciting field and it was coming sort of coming back into the light a lot right when I was graduating high school and so I started to get really excited about all of the opportunities that there were for uh, working in space exploration again and ultimately looking into those things I just got super excited about it and that's what led to uh, that's what led to my decision to major in aerospace engineering. And then when I got to school, I just fell in love with it. Well, tell us a little bit about your school choice. I know that you're at University of Florida, but did you grow up in Florida or are you in another state when you were, when you talked about your childhood kind of exploits? Yes, I, I did grow up in Florida and I actually grew up in Gainesville. So the city wow. that uh, UF is in. So I stayed home, but uh, with good reason, because well, UF right. is a Oh my gosh, I have to tell you, I spent four years in, New well, it might be more like three in Newberry. Like nobody knows, but you know where Newberry is. Nobody knows I where sure Newberry do. is. Yes, <laughs> like, I have friends in Newberry. So I know exactly what you mean by like I stayed at home. Like it's a lot of people don't realize what an amazing school, but it's a super rural area, you know, around mm. that as well. So, so great. So you said your dad, there are a lot of engineers in your family and you started off in kind of more of an artsy kind of a creative interest. So I think we have a lot of our students, right, who start off thinking like, ah, they think about aerospace or engineering as like it's super STEM related, which it is, but they forget too, and I didn't even know until I started working with Kevin that there's room for all kinds of different creative, you know, um, 
passions within aerospace. So when you finally were looking at that and you said, this is going to allow me to kind of pursue that, what was it about engineering in particular that kind of spoke to your creative juices? Yeah, for sure. So I think that when I first went into aerospace engineering, when I first decided to major in it, I wasn't really sure yet how that was all going to work together. I didn't have a ton of experience with it. Um, so I wasn't exactly sure right off the bat, but when I, as soon as I got involved in it, I was, uh, just kind of went, you know, dove straight into it in school. I've been involved in a lot of different design competitions and things like that. I, I started to realize how much, uh, creativity there was in the design process. Like I have, you know, I get to draw and, you know, brainstorm and come up with, these solutions that are obviously STEM focused, but that still allow a lot of room for, for creativity and, um, and innovation and, and those sorts of things. So that I think being involved in those competitions really spoke to my more artistic and creative side and, and showed that there was, that there was room for that in, in engineering. And that was a really, uh, that was a really big turning point. I think like, yes, this is, this is what I want to do. This is awesome. Right. Well, that's fantastic. I have a question and a follow-up question. The first one, I just want to touch base. You mentioned your grandfather was an aerospace engineer. Was he more about aircraft, helicopters, uh, rockets, engines? What was his happy place? And, um, and then I'll have a follow-up question about UF. Um, yes, he was more about aircraft. He worked, he worked with aircraft primarily. Fantastic. Um, now you're at UF. I would like to know, and will you share with our listeners, uh, I believe you're a senior, is that correct? Undergrad senior? Yes, I'm entering my senior year. Yes. Fantastic. So you've been in the MAE department, I believe it is at UF, right? Mechanical and aerospace. And yes, that's right. I'd, lo I'd love to, for you to share a little bit about the classes you took as an undergrad. Um, and for our listeners, I, I met Miss Megan through an AIAA uh, event where um, they asked some of us to just spend some time with some, you know, college kids and just talk about careers or connections and things like that. And so that's how we actually met uh, a month or two ago. And she's speaking to the Wolfpack. Is that correct? Is she? Well, I'm good. She doesn't know it oh, yet. But we'll, oh, we'll I, I'm sorry. I thought, I thought yeah. that you'd already coordinated Yes, that. I, I, my hope is that we'll have you speak to the satellite team I have. It's 10 to... That's another surprise for you. Sorry. Yeah, 10, 10 to <laughs> year olds. But would you take a few minutes and share with us about life as an undergrad at UF in aerospace engineering? Yeah, absolutely. So like you, like you already said, I'm part of the mechanical and aerospace department at UF, which is MAE. And um, my major, of course, is aerospace engineering. So um, a lot of our, we take a very wide variety of classes. It's really, it's really great. Um, so uh, in my undergrad, I've taken classes that have focused on sort of different aspects of the directions that you can go in aerospace engineering. So I've taken classes that were focused on structures and materials. And I've taken classes that were focused on fluids and propulsion and aerodynamics and those sorts of things, as well as some modeling and programming classes. And um, 
manufacturing related courses. So we get a really broad view of the directions you can go with the career, which is really, really nice uh, to sort of determine what you might be interested in and what classes you enjoy. And um, one thing I, I love about UF is the way that they value um, hands-on labs. Um, just in, in undergrad, we get a lot of opportunities to do, to work with real um, programs and real sort of projects that sort of reflect what actual work is like in industry. So uh, for example, we take a class called, uh, that I'm actually a teaching assistant before now, but we take a class called uh, the Design and Manufacturing Laboratory. And in that class, we actually design a whole a whole robot essentially with an objective in mind and then build it. And the students learn how to use uh, machining equipment like mills and lathes and uh, you know band saws and, and actually build it uh, hands-on. And that is just an incredibly valuable experience to learn about the design process and you know sort of when you're designing something, what is actually going to happen to it? How is it actually going to be built? So that's just one example, but I've taken I've taken several several lab courses and I think that those are incredibly valuable and, and I really appreciate that that UF has those so well fantastic you you literally covered so many you, you mentioned structures materials fluids propulsion modeling programming and manufacturing the only thing I I think I didn't hear and maybe you could allow us uh, or elaborate on is would you say that you had a lot of uh, operations or management classes or would you say that the hands-on experiences are the the opportunity that you have to you know sort of uh, become experienced in, in project management or um, operations yeah so I'd say that definitely some of our lab so a lot of our lab classes are group project based and I think that that's a really good that's sort of how those things are incorporated into our lab classes so um, to answer the question straightforwardly, I don't take specifically management classes. I have the option to do that um, through the uh, through another program where you can get like a project management certificate, I think is what it is. Um, so there is an option to add that on, but through the major specifically, um, you get that a lot just from the teamwork that's involved. And, um, you know, we work with systems like... Um, like organizational systems for parts and drawings and things like that. And we have to document, you know, we, we make engineering chain notice, change notices uh, when we're working on our projects and things like that. So it, it's sort of incorporated into, into the classes themselves. And then also, if you're involved in extracurricular things like the design projects and such that I've been involved in, um, that is a, is an excellent way to get that experience. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not per se getting that project management certificate, but I did act as the project manager for a team this past year. And I learned a lot from that. So there's definitely opportunities, uh, to expand on it. And then also, you know, just worked into the classes themselves. So it sounds like, and, and you probably already kind of alluded to this, or if you didn't even say it straight. Uh, straight up, but it sounds like you, um, UF would also provide for you opportunities to intern to where you're actually working with those companies to kind of get your, your feet in the door, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We have an excellent, an excellent career fair in the fall and the spring where we get a lot of different companies coming in and talking to us and 
Uh, it's been really influential for me. Uh, that career fair and our career connection center is really, uh, really helpful. And um, yeah, so that's, that's definitely helped me in, in uh, obtaining all the opportunities that I've had. So what are some of the kind of companies where, because when I think about Gainesville, right, I, I don't really think that there, I mean, I don't imagine all these space industries kind of, it, kind of like It's known for there. medical. I, I, right, right, There's right, a lot right. of medical startups mm-hmm. there, but, but how yes. about aerospace? But how, yeah, how do they then find the, the right match for you based on location? Yeah, so you're right to say Gainesville itself doesn't have uh, much for, for aerospace. I, uh, I don't I don't think I know anyone in, in aerospace specifically that that has that has interned in Gainesville, but we have opportunities close by, um, for example, in Ocala, which is like an hour away from us. There's some aerospace opportunities. Orlando is about two hours from us and they have opportunities. And then, of course, we have the whole Space Coast, which right. is, you know, it's a little bit far away, but it's still it's still in your home state. So, right, right. Um, I think that that's doable, definitely like, a big to, part to of it. Yeah, yeah. No, oddly enough for myself, I have never interned in Florida. I have always wound up going out of state just because of the way it's worked out. But I think a lot of students are uh, at UF, at least. They're, they're, we're open to that. We're willing to do that to sort of see new places for, right. for a few months. Well, and, I was just going to say, I think that that actually is great to even have that as an option so that kids who are able to travel, they're outside of their home state. If that was their home state, or they're willing to go around and, and that just opens up their opportunities even more, I would think. Yes, yes. Right. Um, let's let's drill, let's circle back to, you mentioned working on a lot of group projects at UF. We're, we're curious as to what you hope your career field speciality might be with an arrow, but also I imagine you were probably doing design build fly with AIAA and maybe you were in the small satellite uh, design club. Could you share a little bit about some of your most uh, enjoyable or most uh, beneficial small group projects you worked on during your undergraduate time at UF? Yeah, so in terms of my uh, my design team experience, the, the team that I've primarily been on was for NASA Student Launch, um, which is a rocket and payload design competition. That has been my primary uh, involvement or my biggest involvement I'd say so far. I've been involved in that, in that team for the past three years, all the years that I've been at UF. Um, I've also been a part of a couple other NASA-sponsored competitions, so um, one that was sponsored by NASA Tournament Lab, which was a rover design project, and then another one that was sponsored by uh, Fairchild, and it was a, uh, like a space station design competition to design, uh, That's to design elements of um, the space station. And, and I want to clarify for our listeners, the rocket you're talking about is not a little Estes kit. It's probably, what, uh, 10, 15 feet tall, at least eight feet yes. tall, and you launch it out in the desert somewhere in New Mexico or somewhere like that? So, um, yes. Yeah, so, you're, yeah, the rockets are between, I think ours this, this year was nine, and last year it was 12. So, yeah, they're definitely a good size. And our competition, because it's sponsored, the competition that I was involved in, because it's sponsored by NASA, we launched in a big field up in Huntsville, Alabama. But our team also is involved in a competition that does go to the desert in New Mexico for that one. And I will be doing that one next year. So what is your uh, max speed and max altitude of a rocket that your team has built? 
So the current rocket that they are building right now, so I'm not there anymore, obviously, but the current rocket they're working on right now is projected to go to 10,000 feet, and that'll be the highest that we've ever flown um, in terms of this past season. We were hitting uh, right around 5,000 for ours, and that was definitely getting up there for for height, but um, with our competition, the uh, how high it goes isn't necessarily the goal. The goal is to hit a target altitude. Mm -hmm. So ours was actually going a little bit too high. So it was exciting oh. that it was going very high, but it was kind of overshooting our 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 goal. But um, but I think that's the highest that I've seen one go. Mm -hmm. um, and I couldn't tell you the speed off the rail right off the top right. of my head. But um, do do you have to make a? Are you are we at the place in history where the college kids have to make reusable rockets? Uh, like a, yes, that's good. Do you do you have to do you do you only use a parachute to land it, or are you emulating sort of the Falcon Nine first stage return? Um, we are using parachutes to land it. We're not. Uh, we're not quite that advanced yet. Um, that, that, would be, be that would be fantastic. An amazing project. That would. Yeah. That would truly. That would be awesome. But. Uh, but no, our rockets do need to be uh, recoverable and reusable in order to be considered a successful flight. But they are recovered just using uh, parachute deployment. Okay. Now. Um, and thank you. Are. Uh, when do you graduate? And what do you hope to do? Uh, what would be your ideal first job upon graduation? Ooh. <laughs> well, I graduate um, in the winter or the fall semester of 2023. So I'm entering my fourth year and I have three more semesters. So I'll, I'll graduate in 2023 in uh, December. And um, in terms of uh, the sort of dream job, I think that that right now is what these internship opportunities are helping me figure out because um, I'm just getting experience in different, uh, all of my internships and all of my experiences, I've been able to have different roles in different teams, which is really awesome. And that's sort of helping me determine what I'm really interested in and what I might like to do. So. Um, I hesitate to give, you know, a straight up answer on exactly what it is I, I want to do right out of school because I'm kind of, I'm kind of still testing things out and, and figuring it out. I will say um, that the, um, the internship opportunities have definitely broadened my perspective rather than narrowing it down so far because there's so many amazing opportunities out there. Uh, for example, I... I initially, when I went into aerospace, was very was very focused on the space side of aerospace only, and I wasn't interested in the aviation or the aircraft side at all. And then I had the opportunity to work on the F-35 program at Lockheed Martin, and I realized how incredible that technology and work is as well. So, um, so I'm kind of taking it as it comes with the opportunities that I get to sort of, you know, soak in all the experience and then just kind of see where it leads. Wow. So you're in that age group in the window I, I read where they're just beginning the preliminary discussions about the new sixth generation stealth fighter. So you're in the yeah. right window to work on the sixth generation fighter, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, it could be. <laughs> Well, I, I have two questions, one of which I'm going to save towards the end, but um, I want to go back a little bit to when you were just beginning 
obviously you had a passion and interest for it, but I would imagine that there were some challenges that you had when you first started as well, and maybe that you still do. So for our students who are interested, like we have a student who's going to UF um, in fall or who might be coming behind him, what are some of those biggest challenges that you faced, you know, you know, first going off to college in the engineering realm that maybe you could provide some insight for our students? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think, um, I think a big challenge right off the bat with engineering in general is, is, and this goes for not just aerospace, but I think for pretty much any engineering field, is that there's a lot of background knowledge that you need before you can really dive straight into your, into your field. So uh, my first semester, my first, almost my first whole year at, at UF, I did not spend learning about structures and propulsion and manufacturing and some of those things that I listed earlier. I was taking calculus and physics and chemistry and a lot of that background knowledge that you need to, uh, to sort of be able to take those, those higher level classes. And I was able to compensate for it a little bit by being involved in all of those design competitions, like I said. So there's definitely still opportunities to, to get involved early on. But in terms of your coursework, it definitely starts with the, the necessary, you know, prerequisites is what they're called. And um, I know I've seen, and I know for myself and I've seen for others who go into the into engineering also, that that is probably the more challenging a bit right at the beginning because you're doing a lot of work the classes are still hard and you're maybe not necessarily gaining the knowledge from it that you expected or wanted right off the bat if you were hoping to you know walk in and immediately start learning about rockets you can't until you understand right. chemistry so um I, I i've talked to younger students you know as as an as an upperclassman already and a lot of times what I just encourage them to do is to just kind of keep your eyes on the prize you know to what you're working towards like that's your goal and if this seems mundane and it's hard and whatnot uh you know you kind of just gotta you gotta just power through it to get to to get to doing the, the things that you want to do Right. It's not that short-term gratification kind of process. It's going to take it, obviously a process. Right. It's also yes. paying your dues. you got to, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, it, it's definitely not a video game mentality, right? You're not going to be great in eight minutes. Do you have any mm -hmm. other questions before I ask my final one? of? Well, um, you mentioned uh, some internships out of state. Uh, maybe we did that offline, but would you like to share anything about where you've been previously? And uh, you mentioned the F-35, and I was trying to remember, I, I, I thought it was the F-22 they made vertically in Atlanta, but could you share anything about uh, your internship experiences, as vague or specific as you'd like to be? Yeah, of course. Um, so last summer, I interned in Fort Worth, Texas, at Lockheed Martin Aeronautics, and that was where I worked on the F-35 program. I was a structures and materials engineering intern and I worked on um, aircraft harnessing. So all of the, uh, I, I actually didn't know what harnessing was until I, until I worked this job. So it is, you know, all the wiring that goes into, um, that goes into an aircraft. So I got to have that experience in Texas. I learned uh, so much about that plane and the you know program and just about aircraft in, in general and different. Uh, I had the opportunity to learn different uh, structures and materials sort of programs. 
uh, like different CAD softwares and simulation softwares and things like that. So that was a that was a great experience. I had a great team and, and everything like that. So uh, I really appreciated that. I um, and then moving forward, I um, I am now working for Northrop Grumman uh, Tactical Space Systems in Gilbert, Arizona. And here I'm doing more electrical engineering work. And um, yeah, I'm not, uh, since I'm, I'm still currently working here, so I'm not exactly sure how right, much right. I can expound um, exactly on, on that. But yeah, I'm doing more electrical work uh, here and I'm learning, I'm getting to learn uh, actually programming languages and, and things like that. So again, just right. getting to learn a whole bunch of new skills. Right, so, uh, and, and one uh, F-35 question, uh, I would imagine, we're, we're so far beyond the days where there were physical cables, you know, where a, a pilot could move a control surface by a, a mechanical, you know, a, a literal steel cable. Um, would you, could you make any comments as to how hard it is to separate the physical aircraft from all the software and the code and the, the computers that are used to help it, you know, reach its optimal performance? Yeah, well, I will. I I was not very involved in that in my time. I was involved in the in the wiring and the sort of electronic side of things, but on the structure side. So my role was more about how can we fit these, uh, you know, harnessing bundles into the plane, and you know, sort of how can they be oriented and things like that. So in terms of specifics, I can't really speak much to it, but I do know based off of sort of the knowledge that I gained about it, that, um, that it's remarkable, right. <laughs> the software and, and stuff that, that goes into it. Uh, specifics, right. like, I, I don't really know, but it is, it is truly a feat of engineering. True. I, I imagine it's the exact opposite of an A-10, which is, you know, a super low-tech, but highly survivable, you know, vehicle that's used for close air support. Um, well, I'm just going to get to, just for the sake of time, you know, we don't want to keep her um, any longer than, than we have to, although we'd love to have you obviously come back at some point. And I know that Kevin will share that with you, but I was especially drawn in your bio to a, a, a quote, and I don't have it in front of me, so I'm just trying to go off of memory now, which was really a, almost like your, your life mission or your goal as to what, how aerospace engineering was important to you. And it really was about making it a better and safer world, just to kind of paraphrase. Can you share for our audience, you know, in, any final words of advice for how this career field will be able to do those? Or at least what do you yeah. hope to do to be able to make it a better and safer world? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit to uh, sort of when I first went into engineering, I don't think it was because I had a big sort of goal in mind for it. It was just kind of this is this is, you know, interesting and I think I could do this. And as I became more familiar with the field and the different projects that can be worked on and sort of the paths that can be taken, this sort of idea of, of how this could be fulfilling sort of formulated. And I think that the aerospace engineering field, if you really think about it on a broad perspective, a lot of the projects that people are working on are, they are either made to, to learn about our world through, you know, science and study and exploration and discovery and things like that or they are to protect people through, you know, the defense side of the industry, or even just 
using that science to learn about our earth and how we can protect it and make things better and things like that. And so that sort of is the, the perspective that I have gained on it, that kind of no matter what I wind up doing, it ultimately comes back to, to those, to those goals. And I find that very, um, I guess, very uplifting, I would say, and sort of, uh, sort of what makes the, what makes the, the career fulfilling for me. Right. Well, in, in any final words of advice that you have for any students, I know that you already shared the idea that, yeah, don't expect to be working right away in that career field, but anything else you want to share with our listeners who might be thinking about going into the engineering field that they may focus on now, say, even as early as middle to high school, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. Yeah, I would just say, keep on, uh, you know, keep on exploring, keep on looking into it, and then uh also to never ever believe that that you can't do it um i would especially uh direct that at my girls um just to believe that that you can do it and that you're capable of doing it and you know people that people will will respect your ability to do it and uh just to you know believe in yourself and if this is uh, something that you're interested in, that you're passionate about, just don't let don't let anything stop you. Well, we really appreciate Good you, um, yeah, spending your time with us today. Thank you so much, and we look forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, we we thank you again. So, Megan, uh, have a great day. We'll see you soon. Well, I really enjoyed speaking with uh, Miss Megan. Uh, Winnick, uh, UF senior, and, and notice that she's going to take five and a half years to graduate, which is yeah. pretty common for engineers, especially if you're interning or co-oping. Well, I think that's important to note. A lot of people just think they're going to just jet in, jet out and, and be done with it. And I think today's generation too, a lot of students go in with credits already under their belts. So they assume, well, I'm getting out in you know, three years instead of four or something like that, but not necessarily the case with engineering. And you shouldn't look for it that way. You should take your time with it and really get that foundation laid out. Right. The, the pacing, if you are, as she, she mentioned, the prerequisites, there's no shortcuts in engineering. So you've got to take your time. If it takes you a little bit longer, students, to get through the, the prerequisites for yeah. your core classes, that's okay. Because sure. at the end of the road, you're still going to be an engineer. Right. I mean, there these larger universities too, sometimes it's hard to get into those classes. Everybody's taking them. So you just have to be flexible and know it, it's better that it takes longer than it does, uh, I think in the long run, because you have more chance to meet people, more internship opportunities, more exposure to those. What I, I really was, um, what I really liked about hearing from her is the idea that she you knows she started off in one way. She didn't really, you know, there wasn't a connection necessarily like, oh, it's artsy. And then it became STEM. And how do I interrelate them? And I'm thinking more and more like in some previous podcasts, it's people who, do, who decide what it is that they like, and then they're adapting it to fit into these other areas of interest that they have. And I love how she said she wanted to use it to create a, you know, a better and safer place. So it's really, that's all, that's, that's wise for somebody who's quite so young to be right. able to figure out, you know? I, I think there are some that may think that engineers are just sort of robotic assembly, you know, workers, but she emphasized the creative aspects of her job of solving problems, yeah, designing. Design she process. literally said, I make The drawings. designing robot sounds fascinating to me as well. Like I know when I hear Caden talking <clears throat> occasionally about what he wants, you know, that whole idea of having to create something, right. that's that real world stuff that we believe so strongly in getting kids hands on and doing things. 
well, makes a difference. Well, we've invited Megan uh, to attend and uh, we will give her a chance to speak to the students at our conference that we're having this fall. Uh, 29 and 30 October at we'll the Kennedy. We'll have a special podcast the, on that coming soon. At the Kennedy Space Center Visitor Center. Uh, it's the Small Set Education Conference. You can go to our site, smallseteducation.org. If you're a student, a teacher, or a faculty member, you may register to attend for free and learn more. We'll learn more uh, there about the UF Aerospace Program and their satellites as yeah, well. Yeah, it'd be great if they could get out there. Well, with that being said, we're going to close this out today and, of course, invite you back again next week when we say, let's, let's go, go to space. space.